Everybody, welcome back to another video here on Financial Friends. Today, we're going to be discussing this week in finance, all of the things that I found interesting that went on this week in the world of finance. I will be displaying the stories for you, talking a little bit about them, and then giving you my thoughts and opinions. I will have to keep this week relatively quick and to the point because I do have some unpacking to do as I just got back from vacation. But nonetheless, this content is going to be pumped out here on the channel. So go ahead and hit the like button down below for that. It helps support the channel and push this video to more people. Comment your thoughts on any of these stories as the video goes on. I'll be replying to everybody and hit subscribe to help grow this friend group to 1,000 community members by the end of this year. Without further ado, here are the stories that went on this week in finance. Disney highlights the value of their Disney Plus bundle by raising the price to $9.99 on ESPN+. So the price went from $6.99 a month to $9.99 a month. This, of course, in an effort to push out more Disney Plus bundles. Reason being, Disney has this goal, 230 million to 260 million Disney Plus subscribers by the end of 2024, which is nearing here in about two years. Um, and so they're trying to push more people to get on that Disney Plus platform. They do this, of course, by raising the price of ESPN+, Plus, making it more economically friendly to just get the bundle and get all three platforms instead of sticking to one. Even if this doesn't quite work out, though, they're going to generate more revenue. Why? If you're subscribed at 7 bucks a month and you hold on to 10 bucks a month, you're now paying $3 more. And if you jump from this or from ESPN to the bundle or even any two of these platforms potentially to the bundle, you're now going to be generating $14 a month for the business instead of, you know, your $8.99 or your couple dollars for Hulu or your 10 bucks here for ESPN Plus. So this is a benefit on both the top line perspective, the revenue side for Disney. It's also a benefit to their subscriber growth, which is really, really, really tied to the success of the stock every single time they report for earnings. So either way, this is kind of accomplishing things on all fronts, a very strategic thing here by uh, Disney and Bob Chapek really wants to hit the streaming goal because it's kind of his big play so far in his tenure. So We'll see how things work out, but I hope it does work out good. I hope it generates some more revenue for the business, hopefully some more earnings on that bottom line as well. Um, as an investor, of course, I would love to see that. Moving forward, McDonald's ownership group is not very happy. Um, many of the franchisees were pulled and they displayed no confidence for the CEO or U.S. president. Of the 2,400 McDonald's owners, a NOA group has about 1,000 members. Of those members, 700 replied to a poll, stressing they had no confidence. 87% of respondents said they had no confidence in the CEO. 95% said that the corporate management does not have their best interest. 100% of them said that they would have wished that they would have been collaborated with or at least consulted before they make some changes. Um, and really just not a great look on McDonald's portion or on McDonald's side, of course. Now, I will say the changes that were made are good, right? These are beneficial changes. It allows um, or avoids rather this preferential treatment that was given to spouses and current franchisees. It also does a couple things. Um, more so on the technical side with separating the way that they renew leases and things like that. I'm not going to dive too much into that. Um, but in terms of this sort of preferential treatment, diversity, equity, and inclusion, it's very, very important in today's society as always um, should have been important. And so making some changes on this front is a good thing overall. Now, of course, when you have 95% of your locations ran by franchisees reigned by not you, the corporate group, um, you probably should be consulting them, 
Now, a lot of them said that they would not have really supported this. 71% of respondents said that they don't think that they should be treated the same as a new operator. 95% said they don't feel valued. And 83% said that they actually feel this is an attempt to raise rents. So looking at this from an outside perspective, you have one group who doesn't want what to do, what McDonald's wants them to do. And McDonald's, which is saying, look, um, we need to be more diverse. We need to be equitable. We need to be fair. We're not doing that right now. Let's do that. Turning the page on one front and then another group kind of rivaling you. When that group makes up 95% of all McDonald's ownership, you probably need to discuss with them. Although, of course, they would have been against this. So you're kind of stuck between a rock and a hard place. Not quite sure what to make of this story, right? I mean, as a potential McDonald's growing shareholder, I'm looking to add it to my positions. Of course, I want the company to do well, but the company rides on the success of the 95% um, that run their businesses, and if which all of them ever would, but if 95% of the people that run McDonald's or 100% of that 95% that run McDonald's decided we're out, that would not be good for McDonald's. And so you kind of have to to side with McDonald's, of course, on diversity, equity, and inclusion, but you need to assess the fact that 95% of your people who are running these locations don't necessarily agree with that. Not sure what McDonald's will decide to do. Not sure what the future is here for the CEO and US president, but nonetheless, we'll be keeping my eyes on this story. Twitter and Elon Musk do reach a trial agreement, of course, against Elon Musk's will. He was looking more to have this later on and into the future so he could get some time to collect some numbers, I think, and gather that bot number that he assumes is um, potentially more than 20% of the users on Twitter. Obviously, Twitter pushing more for an expedited trial. They want to get things going, get this purchase uh, finalized. And so a five-day trial will be held in October. I will obviously be covering a bit more of it or of this story then as more information comes out. Netflix shares were up 6% after earnings. They didn't look good, but they were good enough for everyone who was investing, obviously, with a 6% increase in stock price. What happened? Here are the numbers. Very quickly, the Q2 numbers. We had a loss of 970,000 subscribers versus the expectation of a 2 million subscriber loss. Losing subscribers is not good. Losing half the amount you were expected to lose is good. And that's what happened. They beat on earnings, which is good. Again, $3.20 versus the $2.94 expected. And a miss on revenue, $7.97 billion versus the $8.03 billion expected. So some mixed numbers. Netflix was up nonetheless. This is a continual um, battle here for streaming platforms to find where they fit in as there are an unlimited amount of choices. Netflix obviously has some bullish things moving forward here with potentially gaining back some extra revenue um, with this no password sharing thing they kind of have going on. Also looking to open up a ad-supported tier with Microsoft, which could generate some more revenue for the business, both in terms of adding new customers and also adding advertisers to the revenue mix. 
Amazon is starting to deliver with some of their Rivian electric vans. I live here in Michigan and have been seeing a lot of these out. They mentioned that they've been testing these in different places. In specific, they mentioned San Francisco. This raised a little bit of concern for me as someone who lives in Michigan where the weather is cold. My phone dies in four seconds when I'm outside and it's really, really cold. The battery does not last. Obviously, you have to blare your heat, which could potentially mess with the battery. There are a ton of concerns I have um, with Michigan weather, but seeing them out here in Michigan in the summer is really cool. I think the vans look really, really, really sweet. And I'm also all for, obviously, um, taking away these emissions we have from big, massive fleets of vehicles like FedEx, UPS. Um, these are vehicles where they're not driving super far distances like human beings. Obviously, this electric grid is a massive problem for people trying to travel cross country, um, but no one's driving across the country in an Amazon Prime car or van. Um, and so for this, they mentioned 150 mile range on a car like this. It's perfect. You should be able to get around just fine. Now, the only issue is um, the the hope is that these batteries do actually continue to you know perform. Um, they actually mentioned here that they did face some challenges. Amazon delivery drivers that were testing the vehicles noticed that when the heating or cooling was on, the vehicle range was less. This ties right back into what I was saying is, can they navigate the heat and the cold? I guess we're going to find out. My guess is they've been testing these a lot. Um, they mentioned again, like I said, San Francisco is where they were testing some of the vehicles. Hot out there. It's hot here in Michigan in the summer. As it gets cold, can it manage the terrain, the snow, the sleet, the slush, the heat? I guess we will find out. But nonetheless, just wanted to kind of point this out. I think it's a really cool thing that Amazon is out here with their new Rivian vans and seeing the facility here in Michigan, driving by it, seeing some of these in and around that facility. It's really, really cool. Next up here, Amazon did go ahead and acquire one medical for $3.9 billion. Now, this ties into a much bigger story. I did cover a little bit of this on my TikTok, on my Twitter, so go ahead and check those out. I also had a story on public, um, so all three of those links to my socials will be down below in the description. Check out the story a little bit more in-depth there, but nonetheless, we get this gist that Amazon is expanding. They are growing outside of just e-commerce and their web services. Web services do make up the largest part of their profit, their cloud computing AWS software, which runs apps and websites and things, different things like that. Um, they partner with big, big um, companies, NFL. I think they're with the MLB or, or maybe that's Google. Um, but nonetheless, the cloud computing makes up the largest part of their profits. Now, here's where they have to create new opportunity for themselves, but walk a very thin line. When you have a massive, massive company like Amazon, who is dominant in the e-commerce space, you can't continue to grow in that space because regulators will be on your back. And so we can clearly see here, their three biggest deals, grocery chain, movie studio, healthcare provider. They did do an interview here with Emily where is that? I want to pull it up. Emily Feldman, who mentioned modern day conglomerates like Google, Facebook, and Apple are in pursuit of continued growth through their already enormous bases. She also mentioned what we're seeing here is a strategy of growth in adjacencies to the core area that might be constrained. And so they see this constraint in e-commerce. So they then search for niches where they can continue faster growth. 
Being in front of people with MGM was a prime example she used. Growing in a fast-growing industry like healthcare, and obviously um, picking up a grocery store where they can expand their ability to add value to different consumers. So they add these new features to their Prime membership, which is really their core feature when we think about it. You subscribe to Prime, you generate the business a hundred some dollars of revenue every single year. They provide you with Prime Video, Whole Food Market Pickups, um, and now telehealth services as well, and now expanding in that telehealth service as well with one medical. So you could see instead of growing in e-commerce where regulators would be on their back and maybe start to scrutinize how much power they have, start to regulate them, start to potentially throw lawsuits at them like Google is seeing right now, you expand in other areas where you are a small player, but you can add value back to your core business, which is the two day or, or potentially one day shipping in the future with Amazon Prime. Speaking of Amazon Prime and shipping different products, Amazon is reducing their private label item sales. Very quickly, very briefly, an example. This is a pencil. Let's say they sell, or some company, Company X, sells this pencil for $5 on Amazon. What Amazon at one point was doing, and this we are being heavily scrutinized for this, was saying, oh my gosh, Company X is selling a lot of these pencils for $5. Let's make an Amazon version of the pencil. We'll sell it for three. So without even removing their product from the shop, you now just undercut company X and Amazon can pick up the slack. They can sell the most amount of this specific pencil. People were assuming they were not investing as much anymore, which is semi true here, um, that because of this, because of this kind of scrutinization that was going on in terms of them undercutting people and driving other people out. Now, they said that they're not exiting this whole entire private label business, but they're going to reduce some because of the sales that are falling. They're seeing certain items not selling as well, so they're not going to continue to pump money into this private label business. Now, could this really be because of scrutiny, because of the fact that they're undercutting businesses and regulators are coming in and saying, we don't really like this? Probably. Um, but they don't necessarily say that this is the actual reason that they're doing it. Instead, they say, well, sales are falling, so you know we're not going to close up shop, but we're going to get rid of some of our own brands. And last but not least here, Snapchat shares plunged 25%. And I will use the word plunge lightly because they absolutely tanked on Friday down 39%. We can see all time here. The chart goes straight up and recently straight down. I think I saw a number that the shares are down 87% um, over the course of the last little while here. High level overview first, then get into a little bit of details. A two cent loss versus a one cent loss per share. Okay. $1.1 billion in revenue versus 1.14. Okay, neither of those seem terrible based on expectations. Here's the, here's the weird thing. 347 million daily active users versus 344 expected. All right, let's analyze. You have more users than was expected, but you can't earn money like you expected and you can't generate revenue like you expected. Not good. Now, there are some macroeconomic issues coming their way. Of course, we're seeing recession, recession, recession. So companies are cutting back spending. They're not hiring. They're slowing hiring. They're letting people go. What else goes? Advertising spending. Ad spend goes down in times of recession when 
that's really the easiest way to cut back. So is that what's driving these losses? They are saying, yes, that that has to do with it. We're, we're facing some macroeconomic issues. They're also facing some issues on the iOS update front that limited um, apps and advertisers' ability to advertise um, as profitably, as successfully, as as effectively as they really wanted to. Now, I will say they've had a lot of time to fix those problems, and we will see how big advertisers hold up against these macroeconomic factors like Google and Meta. Now, the issue is if Google and Meta perform about at expectations or say we don't see too much slowdown, that means that advertisers are leaving Snapchat to advertise elsewhere. If you had to pick between the lion or the fly on its back, you would probably pick the lion. And the lion is Google. The lion is Meta. And so this raises a couple of questions. One, will Google, will Meta blow by Snapchat? Will they do well? And if so, what does Snapchat do as a result of this? Because they can't really beef up their product anymore. They've tried spectacles. They've tried little floating um, things that take pictures. They've added the discover page and put ads between stories. They've, they've tried all these things. Where do you go from there? Because your bread and butter is sending images back and forth to people. You then took AR and VR and you, you invested in that and you added it to your platform. You put ads between those things. You tried to generate revenue. You had all of you know 2020 and 2021 to blow up when everyone was at home and you just simply couldn't do it because your bread and butter is sending pictures back and forth. You can't advertise on that. So what do you do? Do you get bought out? Close up shop? Try and make things work? I don't know. I would love to see what happens moving forward. I believe they'd be a prime target for someone like Google or Microsoft. Microsoft more on the social media side of things. Um, there's a, a person who I communicate a lot with. I've mentioned his name before, Building Bread, Kevin Matthews. He's an amazing guy. He's the one that mentioned that. I give him some credit there. He mentioned that on Twitter. Go ahead, check out my Twitter. Um, he mentioned that on Twitter. I'm thinking Google would eat this company up for their AR and VR technology. I'm sure they're going to have a use for it. But other companies like Apple, um, they might be interested as well. We've been talking about this here in the finance community a lot recently. I don't think it would go through simply from regulatory pressure. They're not going to let a $347 million or 347 million user platform get eaten up by someone else um, that might be looked at, you know, scrutinized, heavily scrutinized, um, just too much of a monopoly here in, in the big tech world. But what happens then? Like, do they just kind of run unprofitably do they pivot do they change and, and maybe just dive into ar vr and like sell ar vr as a software i i don't i have no clue i don't know what they do i think they are really stuck between a rock and a hard place similar to the way that mcdonald's is um, but i guess we'll see how they navigate things into the future leave your comments your concerns your questions down below in the comments this one in particular i want to hear your thoughts on this who do you think would buy snapchat do you think it would go through how do you think they would use the business let me know in the comments thank you all for watching go ahead and hit subscribe go ahead and hit that like button down below look out for the new video hit the bell after you do subscribe so you can get notified of that video and i'll see you all in the next one take care